Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is the Fray Podcast, brought to you by thefray.com, a place for women who want more from life. Today's podcast is a solo episode. It's just little old me and my COVID voice sitting down and having a chat with you, a bit of a catch up. I have just come off the back of a seven day isolation because of having COVID. I still don't feel great and I know that I don't sound great. I'm very nasal um, and I'm still feeling just like a bit breathy as though I can't quite breathe in the normal way that I would So again, I feel like that impacts the way that I speak and the way that I sound as well. So I apologize that my voice is probably not super soothing or enjoyable to listen to, but I'm unsure how long this kind of nasal tone will last. I'd love to be like, oh, it's okay. I just won't record a podcast until it's gone. But then I'm worried that perhaps it will stick around for a while. So we just have to make do. Now, when it comes to COVID, I feel as though I almost willed this happening into existence because I was so focused on not catching COVID while the boys and I were in Sydney in particular. So during April around Easter time, I took the boys down to Sydney. It's the first time we've been anywhere since, of course, COVID and whatnot. And I wouldn't say I was paranoid, but I was hyper aware and vigilant, but just aware that if we were going to catch COVID, we were probably going to catch it whilst we were doing all of the touristy things like going to the aquarium. And we went to like a mini version of the Royal Easter show and just being in and out of different venues and taxis and The hotel we stayed in was beautiful, but of course there are just more people that I guess are traveling around. Now, I can't say for sure that we caught COVID in Sydney because it was a little bit after we got back, but just the fact that I was so um, aware, so cognizant of going, oh, if we're going to catch it, it's going to happen now. So we've caught it. I had a positive test just over a week ago now. And truthfully, I mean, how I feel now, I probably would have taken a test, but how I felt on the day that I took it, the only reason I decided to test for COVID was because Brendan had said to me, just do a test and see, because I was saying to him, I've got quite a sore lower back. And my first thought was perhaps I had just overdone it with training because I'd been doing a lot of runs on the treadmill that were at a slight incline. And if you run on an incline and you don't engage your core properly, you can then end up getting a bit of an achy lower back. And that's just how it felt on one side. I remember saying to him, it's either that or I feel like maybe a UTI that's gone to my kidney. Not that I had a UTI, but it was that kind of feeling. And then I had sent him a message saying, oh, I feel really silly and really foggy and just out of it today. I think I used the word dumb like I just feel a bit dumb today and he said straight away just do a COVID test and see and it came back positive 
I felt okay the first couple of days. Like I was still able to kind of go about my life fairly normally, except of course I was isolating. Um, but then maybe day three or four or four or five, I started to feel a bit worse and just more tired and like I needed to lie down. It's now like day nine and my throat, I've woken up this morning and my throat's quite sore. Um, the nasally voice still, and it's just brain fog. Like one of my girlfriends said to me when she had it, it felt like baby brain times 10 on steroids. And that's how it feels. Like I've literally turned around in the house that I've been living in in months and walked into walls that I know are there. Walking into walls, dropping stuff, feeling very clumsy, struggling with a train of thought, which is not ideal when part of your job relies upon sitting down and having clear, concise thoughts. So I apologize if I am waffling. I tried to record this podcast yesterday and I just couldn't get it together, just could not speak. So it's very early. It's just gone 5 a.m. this morning and I'm hoping my throat will feel a little bit better on today because I have a big day of chatting. Um, what else? The kids now have COVID, which I hate. I hate the fact that they, that they have it because I feel as though they only caught it from me and it could have been avoided had they been able to stay with their dad because I had the positive test when they were with their dad, had they been able to stay with him and let me kind of have that seven day period or even just a couple more days than usual perhaps then they wouldn't have caught it, but they had to come back to me because their dad was unable to take time off work. And like, I don't know what else you meant to do in that situation when you don't have family close by. Um, and so I just like did my best in terms of not trying to breathe on them and be extra vigilant, but they're eight. And of course they're going to want to hug their mum and be close to me and all of that stuff. And just when you're under the one household like under the one roof it's hard to avoid I've spoken with people where it's just like a random thing where half the family gets it and the other half don't but I felt like I was just kind of waiting to watch the boys catch it and so I was testing them and then one um, started to feel very unwell with a bad headache and he got super hot like boiling hot to touch and so he had COVID and now his brother has it um So yeah, I feel like it's been through the whole house. I also just can't believe how much time the kids have had off school. Coming off the back of two years of very abnormal schooling hours with the pandemic, I kind of thought, okay, this year we're all going to be back on track. We're going to have routine. We're going to have that consistent school rhythm. And it's just not been like that at all this year so far with different interruptions from, of course, COVID and floods and it just, yeah, sickness and things like that just feels like they've hardly been at school. And, of course, you don't want your kids to go to school if they're not well and you don't want to spread it and things like that, so they're staying home. But I have really noticed how how many or how little the amount of tethers I have in my life that are super consistent are. And again, guys, I know that my train of thought um, is not very clear, but if I don't have the school hours, I don't have a lot of structure in my life because 
my life revolves around their custody arrangement, which revolves around their dad's work schedule. So it's always rolling. So it's always six days with me, three nights with dad. And it's hard to get into like a rhythm and a flow with work. And I'm so grateful that I have the flexibility to do that, to live around them. But then with so much time off school, it's like, oh, I just can't quite grasp onto a routine and a rhythm for myself. And I feel as though that's really important for me. So that is on my mind with moving forward and just getting the kids through this COVID period and hopefully back to school and back to having some consistency where I can, you know, say, okay, Jordan and I are going to be able to work together these days, these hours, and I spend this time on these projects. It just feels like it's been a bit of like, okay, get through this week, get through this week, get through this. And I hate that feeling where you feel as though you're being um, reactive and not as on the uh, on the offense, if that makes sense. What else? We have been so lucky to have um, Brendan around throughout this COVID period because the close contact rules have been that if you are under the one roof but a close contact does not have symptoms and they are not testing positive, they don't have to isolate. So while Brendan doesn't live with us, he has been here helping a lot, helping in terms of groceries because I had that positive test and was like, shit, I can't leave the house. So um, groceries, running out to get children's Panadol, Nurofen, any sort of supplies, bringing activities over for the kids, just keeping me company because it's nice to have like another adult so that I don't go completely insane. Um, But aside from like the logistical, actual hands-on help, Um, and the company, it's just been really nice, I guess, to also be able to, like I say, it's been nice, but it's not always nice, but it's been, I guess, a bit of growth for us as well in terms of just really being in the shit with someone, like letting someone see what it's like when the wheels kind of come off a little bit and when the kids are sick and when I'm sick and like, this is the reality, this is real life. You know, like, I'm going to look terrible. I'm going to feel terrible. I might be less patient. All of that stuff, it's been kind of like a bit of a growth opportunity, I guess, for an early relationship to kind of see everything like that happening early on and also just to see, um, like, how he navigates that with the kids because I think empathy in someone is so attractive and there's definitely been times in my life where I have chosen to be with people who don't have the biggest bandwidth of empathy, particularly if someone is sick. And so just to like be able to see him, to be able to see Brendan be so amazing and so hands-on with the kids has been really, really nice. So there, you know, that's been like a little gift amongst the hard things um what else speaking I guess of Brendan and the kids a lot of people have asked has he moved in I guess because I've shared on stories little snippets of him with the boys and like interacting in our world and of course I uploaded that reels clip to Instagram that featured a couple of moments from April which was so nice. Like it was nice to sit down and just kind of look back over that last month and go, wow, we did some fun things and put it all together just to remember it. Um, But no, Brendan has not 
moved in. I have spoken about this on Instagram that we have definitely, what is, I think I spoke about it in an episode with Mallory as well. Like him and I have definitely taken a leap and I want to say dove in, but I feel like that's not the right tense, but we have definitely both made the choice to dive into a relationship with one another and really dive into the reality of what that's like when someone has kids. And it's not a decision that I made lightly to dive in. It's one that I felt comfortable making because of, I guess, the comprehension level that the children have and how safe I feel with Brendan. So, I mean, I'll try and stay stay on track here because him and I, we're going to record an episode together. But no, we're not living together. Yes, we have dived in, dove in. I cannot like, I don't know what's going on with my brain. It's not great. Well, I do know it's COVID. Um, but we are still just blending our like lives together and letting the kids settle in and letting us settle into that as well. So it's been a couple of months. People on Instagram have asked like, why do I feel safe in moving faster with Brendan? And so, as I said, I do feel safe with him. I do feel that the level of comprehension that the children have is different now You know, if I look back on a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was obviously moving at a much slower pace for a multitude of reasons. The first reason is the boys. Like it's, it's always going to be the boys. And even now, yes, it's a different pace, a different cadence, but they're still the number one priority. But a couple of years ago, the concept of their parents dating other people was very foreign. They'd just gone through having their parents separate. So I wasn't about to introduce someone at a quick pace and really dive into kind of like a family life because I know that would be super discombobulating for them. They were still getting their little five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old brains around their parents being separated and their parents then also meeting other people. So that's a huge consideration, whereas fast forward now, the boys are eight and a half. They're still babies, of course, but they've now had a couple of years of their parents being separated. They've now had a couple of years of their dad having a partner. They've seen me have a boyfriend, then go through a breakup. So I think that they have a much more broader and bigger understanding of their parents being involved with other people and what that constitutes and what's that what that is like. So I feel safer to expose them to more of that concept just because they understand it more. It's less foreign, it's less um, destabilizing. And that is one of the biggest things I think with kids and introducing new people into their lives is the stability. And I'm always explaining to the boys that you know, the three of us, and of course, when they're with their dad, like the, the four of us are the, we are the main unit for those boys and other people are going to come into their lives and sometimes other people are going to go, but they can always count on having that family unit. And I really want them to feel stable. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And when I reflect on other reasons why I've gone slower in the past, of course, their stability is number one. Also to just protecting them, you know, like I feel like that's my role as a mom is to protect them from experiencing loss again at some, you know, at some level. Now, of course, I can't protect them from everything. And that's again, back to comprehension level I feel as though they understand now a little bit more about people coming into their lives and then people leaving their lives um a lot of kind of things that I had in place were really just about protection and safety and now at this stage with this particular person with Brendan I do feel very safe and secure in dropping down my walls and letting him in I also have done so much work on myself in terms of the type of people I have chosen in the past And I've been open and honest in sharing in podcasts and on social media. In the past, I have definitely chosen emotionally unavailable partners because, I mean, this is probably a whole other episode and I might need a therapist on for it, but I think it's kind of like being a way that I keep myself safe and not fully seen because if you seek out people who are emotionally unavailable in certain areas, there is a degree of safety and containment in that because you know that they're not going to see all of the parts of you and all of the parts of you that maybe you don't like as well. And so I've done a lot of work on myself. I also really realized that I don't want to be in a relationship where I'm having to be two different versions of myself, such as you know, fun girlfriend Kylie and then mum Kylie having them super separate. I really needed cohesion and unity because otherwise I feel too whiplashy and that's kind of what I experienced in my last short relationship. So that was a big one for me being like, you know what, I need to be seen across all areas. And so that's another reason why I felt like, you know what, I need to just dive in and be like, here we are, this is us. And the week with COVID certainly, as I said, kind of opened up another, I guess, level of like, this is us. One of the things I've really learned a lot about myself through dating is how important it is to just lean into the fact that I would much rather someone does not like me for who I truly am and they can make that choice early on and they can leave early on versus someone liking a version of me and sticking around for longer but not really seeing like the, I want to say warts and all, but that's such an awful expression, but you know what I mean, not seeing everything. So there are a variety of reasons as to why I have felt safer to move quicker. That said, we are not moving at a ridiculous pace where we are now spending every single hour together and every single moment with the kids. I am still, whilst we've, you know, obviously blended to an extent, I am still so aware and protective of that stability that the kids need. And that stability is the three of us because that's what they are used to. So 
they're still number one. We're still spending time together, but I'm protective of my time with them. We don't have every single night with Brendan down here. When I have the boys, we kind of have some, I want to say rules, kind of guidelines in place to make sure that when the boys come back from their dads, they still have just me and a bit of time with just me. And then again, before they go to their dads and we're just really reading the room when it comes to the kids. And I was saying this to Brendan just yesterday because it's not as though I can just look at the kids here with me and make judgment calls. I need to be really aware that the kids have other stuff going on. Their dad has a partner who has three young children, they're like literally the same age, like twins the same age as, as my boys and then a younger one. So that's quite busy for them and there's so much positivity that comes out of that for the kids but there's also um, some less positive side effects and supporting them in going through like blending a family with children on their dad's side and then coming back here. I can't just go like, oh, well, because things feel good for me, we're going to go full steam ahead and dive in. I have to look at the full picture for the kids. Um, And that's just, I think, being a good, I think that's just being a good parent when you look at everything that's going on for your kids and you make a decision based off that, not just the tip of the iceberg that you see. When I um, did an episode specifically on blending families, one of the things we spoke about was the fact that it can take up to five years to blend a family when children are involved. But even when kids are not involved, it's important to still kind of keep that feeling of two family units coming together and blending. And so far, so good. But again, both Brendan and I are reading the room on how the kids are going Um, you know, and I can share an example that happened not too long ago where everything was just going good, like going well, going good. My brain is not functioning. Um, and then we just noticed one of the boys kind of acting a little bit differently. Like I could see the way he was holding his body was different. Um, and Brenda could see it as well. And he said, look, I'm going to go like I'm going to go home for a couple of hours and I'll come back after the boys have gone to their dads. But I feel like he just needs his mum. And I'm really grateful that Brendan is so secure and so stable in himself that he was able to notice that with the boys, extract himself, hit the eject button and go and not have any kind of hangups about it. You know, like I don't have to be like, oh, I hope he's not offended or he doesn't feel important. Like it's just like, oh, yep, cool. The focus is the kids. Let's give them lots of what they need. So we are still just figuring it out as we go. Um, I'm having lots of conversations with the kids. It's interesting. One of the boys has taken to him just so quickly and so deeply, like, like it's like just this instantaneous bond that I never could have predicted. I, you know, certainly hoped that I would meet someone that the kids would bond with like this, but yeah, it's really special to watch it. And the other little guy um, has a lot of affection for him as well, but I can see he's a little more, I don't want to say apprehensive, but he's like a little more, just a little more reserved, I guess, in his affection and things like that, which is perfect. I would never force the kids to be affectionate or overly comfortable with someone until they're ready to be, but it's just nice to watch those bonds unfold. Um, And yeah, I mean, I could talk about it for hours, but I won't because it's probably not super fascinating. 
But it is just a life update episode. What else? Um, We're now in the first week of May. So we are doing that collective effort of encouraging people who have the Blueprint program to complete it all together. So I will be doing live chats in in our forum every single week. This week, our live chat is on identity and beliefs. So that's happening at 8 p.m. on Wednesday nights. If you want to join in for the next one, the link is in the show notes. Now you're going to get the most out of these live chats if you have the Blueprint program, but even if you don't, you can still join our free Facebook group. There's nearly 2,000 women in that group um, and you can still absolutely benefit from the live chats. I know what it's like to be on one income and to perhaps not be able to afford everything that you want and you know, need for yourself. But even if you don't ever purchase anything, you can still jump into that free Facebook group and still absolutely benefit. We had a live chat this week on um, how beliefs are not your identity. We also have a rapid transformation specialist hypnotherapy session happening as well. So again, that link is in the bio and it's all completely free for you to just join and be part of that Frey Facebook group. I want to do this again for July, um, but we're just going to see how the May, May effort goes. And speaking of effort, I have been busy working away on something that's to do with breakups and just surviving going through divorces and stuff like that. And I really want to make that my focus to finish in June. So I've kind of made a bit of a commitment with myself on how much time I'm going to dedicate to finishing that because it's sitting there and like I'm really, I'm really invested in getting that finished and out there because I know it's going to be so helpful for anyone who has ever gone through a breakup. So that's a focus for June for me. And then we will do a My July, which will be similar to the May um, project that we've been doing. I really wanted to get events happening for the second half of the year. And I just can't believe that we are going to be in June next month. So stay tuned for that as well. I know that this has not been a particularly exciting life update, um, but it's just what's happening in real time, juggling the mum life, the work life, blending, um, all of that stuff. But I feel like I'm in a really good spot in life. And it's been interesting this week to really reflect on where I was exactly this time a year ago. If you've followed along for a while or if you've listened to podcast episodes, I mean, you can go back and there's um, a podcast episode, I think, called A Broken Heart and a New Start, where I'd literally, like this time last year, gone through a breakup that completely knocked me so hard and I think that my response to that breakup was disproportionate to the actual relationship because I think so much of what happened in my marriage breakdown came to the surface and came out because like so many people particularly people with young children when you go through a hard thing in life it's easy to kind of over function and suppress and just get on like you know you just keep on with keeping on And so it's like when I went through that shorter term breakup, it's like, you know, it took the scab off the wound, which is such a disgusting expression. I'm really leaning into gross expressions today with like warts and all and scabs off wounds. But 
I had so much just below the surface that I was obviously just keeping in. And again, back to what I said earlier, like I'd obviously chosen someone who was only ever willing to go a certain distance and a certain depth with me. And that was probably about me keeping myself safe and contained and not exposed and not letting someone see that side of me. And so to sit down and reflect the other night and realize that was exactly a year ago and how much things have changed in a year, like just wild. And I can remember at that time thinking, oh, I just need a year. Like I need a year to focus on my self-esteem, get back to liking myself, back to not even back to, but I need to really work on myself and understand why I've made certain choices in life, like what that speaks to. Why, why did I do that? Why did I seek out someone else who is emotionally unavailable? And I really have done the work. You know, I was having weekly therapy and I feel like when I was sitting there the other night uploading that Instagram clip, which sounds like such a superficial thing, but for me, I was like, wow, I've just had one of the best months that I've had in, God, I can't even remember when. And it's such a far cry from being in my bed and being miserable and questioning so much about myself. And it just felt like a really obvious growth metric to be like, wow, I think I've actually grown and done the work and I'm making better choices. Um, And yeah, it's just like a very satisfying feeling is I guess like that's what you want that's what you want from life when you are doing the work and you can do the work as well you can do the work with a therapist you can start doing the work with the blueprint program because it literally includes so much of the stuff that I had to work on you know the first module is working on your identity which is such a big one it's like not forgetting certain parts of yourself and connecting to those parts And really being mindful of how you self-identify there is work in there about childhood beliefs and your childhood beliefs, like those things, those beliefs you developed when you were just so little and didn't have a fully formed brain are still making decisions about your adult life. And that's part of the work that I had to do. It's like, why was the little, like the young version of me who has those beliefs, why was she seeking out that way of staying safe, that version of not allowing someone to see all of her? So anyway, a lot can change in a year if you are willing to do the work and you can begin, you can begin doing this work yourself. So if you do want to grab the blueprint, I'll keep that code MAY20 live for you and just join us, like just dive right in. I know it's the first week of May, but you can absolutely catch up and be ready for week two. You've got your prompts to answer. Um, I know that you can do it. It's just such a, such a great gift to give yourself.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.